Hi, I'm Joe McClure. You might know me from such educational videos as How to Do Your Laundry. No, I'm, uh, I'm Zach McGowan. Uh, you might know me from, I don't know, Shameless, Black Sales, The Hundred. Uh, you know, I was once on Sesame Street back in the day, so I don't know if you watch that. Um, but you're listening to Neil Before Park. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to a post-apocalyptic edition of Neil Before Pod, the podcast that plans to live forever. I'm your host Craig and this episode is all about season 6 of the CW show The 100. We've got a brand new contributor here to discuss post-apocalyptic... They're not any teenagers anymore, are they? Hi Laura, welcome aboard. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat about the show. Well, uh, before we do that, um, how about we talk about you? Your first time on the podcast, so what do you do? Where are you from? What is your... <laughs> I live in London currently, just graduated, and I'm currently jobless. But hey. I I have a website called Outtake Magazine, so I've been doing stuff on that in the meantime. Cool. And what does Outtake Magazine do? All film stuff. Film stuff. Cool. Film I'll stuff. Put, <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes, and listeners can peruse it at their leisure. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm all about promoting everyone. That's that's what I'm all about. And we can do the same for you. <laughs> I will much appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so your first time on, so we're going to do a bit of our standard feature, the Neil Before Rise Against feature, mm-hmm. uh, where we talk about things we like and don't like from the world of entertainment, possibly in recent times, possibly not so recent times. So do you want to kick us off with your kneel before as the guest? Yeah, I think you're going to find this funny. I'm going to kneel before Famous in Love because even though it's like a really objectively bad show, like I find it a lot of fun and I think that needs to be given credit. So I'm kneeling before that. Well, I perhaps lose some manliness points by admitting this, but I've seen the entire first season as of yesterday. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of charmingly terrible i quite enjoyed it it's so bad i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um one of the funniest things you can ever see in in fiction is sort of actors who are playing characters who are pretending to be actors Mm, and then everyone's reacting (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh that scene was so great it's like no it wasn't it was it really wasn't yeah everyone's like falling over themselves being like she's an incredible acting talent and you're just like oh my god it's terrible (laughs) yeah uh, sure it has its fans although not so many because as i learned yesterday it's been cancelled possibly yeah i think last year yeah (laughs) yeah oh well late to the party on that one but never mind but yeah um it found a fan late in its life cycle so yay for famous in love yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm actually going to kneel before a trailer I saw yesterday. It's I think it's not that new, but um, the Banana Splits movie, which is some people got a Banana Splits concert and it just turns into a bloodbath. It's like a horror-inspired anti-nostalgia thing, as in your nostalgia can kill you sort of thing. And I'm kind of here for it. I, I thought the trailer looked really cool. I mean, it's probably going to be a pretty forgettable slasher movie, you know, I'm, 
I'm going to be bright burned on this one. Mm. Where I thought, oh yeah, it's Superman, but he's evil, and it's like, nah, it's just a a rubbish sort of slasher movie. But I, I quite like the idea of people in sort of these big felt costumes murdering people. I think that could be entertaining in of itself. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, I actually like wasn't even on my radar. hadn't heard of the film at all. Oh well, check it out. It could be. A fun time at the cinema. It could be a kind of, as common contributor Chris calls it, a three-beer movie. <laughs> yeah, could be. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll give it a watch. It looks and stupid. when's it coming out? I don't know. I probably should have found that out. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw the trailer yesterday. It was part of a, a YouTube Fair black enough. hole that I fell into, and then suddenly I was oh, God. all over the place, and then I came across this, and I was like, is this really It might be that the movie came out, like, three years ago. <laughs> Could be. If so, I will buy it on DVD and I'll, I'll enjoy it. But yeah, Banana Splits movie, trailer in the show notes. Check it out. Mm. Okay, um, let's move on to Rise Again to be a bit negative about something. So uh, what would you like to hate on? This is going to make you sad. I'm going to warn you right now. But I saw Alita Battle Angel a couple of days ago and I didn't like it. You're kind of in the majority on that one, to be fair. Yeah, but I wanted to like it because, and to be fair, like the visual effects and the action bits are really good. It's just the screenplay lets it down so badly. I quite liked it. It takes a lot of time world building, which I quite like. You know, it's almost setting yeah. up for a sequel that it's never going to have. But at least it means it's not rushing through anything. Yeah, to be fair, they did say that they were planning like multiple sequels and that's why they had that quite like famous actor in the role of the big bad in the tower. You know, I forget his name. Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah. that's that's why they had him do that weird cameo. Yeah, and the fact that you never see this kind of whole other world that they're trying to get to as well. It reads a lot like the start of a trilogy rather than a standalone film. Yeah, which will be a shame because it will never get that trilogy, I suppose, because it's not made that much money. Yeah. I was actually reading up on it and it was like in development hell for so, so many years. Yeah, James Cameron wanted to make it ages ago, like before Avatar. Mm -hmm. And then he gave it to Robert Rodriguez and stuck on as a producer because he's making infinite Avatar sequels that... um, Oh, God. Don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a separate discussion. I quite like Avatar. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to the sequels. Uh, in like really? Or whenever they decide to bring them out. Now owned by Disney, of course. This is everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, Alita, fair enough. It's not for everyone. Not for most people, according to the box office figures, sadly. But, uh, yeah. My rise against is going to be the fact that Disney are going to remake Home Alone for Disney+. Plus. Uh, among other things but Home Alone is the one that stuck out at me and I feel like every rise against could be like against mm. Disney yeah. I'm just wondering how does Home Alone work in the modern setting you know <laughs> maybe it's like a Mormon family so they don't have access wait no that's not the Mormons what, who are the ones that don't like electricity Amish yeah maybe yeah. it's an Amish yeah. family um, maybe or I don't know. Yeah, they send him a Facebook message. <laughs> Sorry, we forgot you. We'll be home soon. Um, that's it. Job done. I don't know. I don't see how this can work. Disney might have an idea, or maybe they just want to stamp their their ownership on everything they now own. But, mm. yeah, Home Alone, it was this kind of magical, nonsensical 90s movie. Do we really need it updated no. in any way? No. Unless they said it in the 90s. When, God, um, no. What, what point in that is there? 
there we go. That's it. Home Alone. It is what it is. Macaulay Culkin comes back as a dad. <laughs> Just, uh, I'm sure he'd do it. Aww. <laughs> yeah, he'd do it just just so he could like slate it in the media. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, so that's our Neil Before Rise Against feature. So you got to love and hate something that's not the hundred for for now. So that's good. <laughs> so let's move on to our topic of of discussion. <laughs> So I'm going to ask you what your spoiler-free thoughts were. We'll get into spoilers after this. And kind of what your connection to the show is as well, because it's not something that's ever been talked about on this podcast before. Okay. Because nobody but me watches it. And you, of course. Yeah, it's weird. I actually started watching it um, within the time the first like two episodes of season one had aired. So I was like very early to the party. Um, and I can't even remember how it came onto my radar, but yeah, I've I've just loved the the show ever since season one, and I thought this season was really good. Honestly, I thought it really picked it up, and the whole like changing the setting thing worked really really well in terms of like refreshing um, the old like recycled plots of like there's a good world and then everything gets destroyed and then they walk away. So I think it was about time they like uprooted. Yeah, it was it was starting to stagnate in that respect. It's just mm. every year we've got this we're all gonna die plot and um in, in various incarnations, whether it be a crazy AI or uh, or apparently nuclear Armageddon, which <laughs> is yep. a bit of a leap, but uh, I'm like you, I've enjoyed the show since the beginning. I remember I, I saw it was kind of pre air review of it. Um, where it was talking about mm-hmm. you know, the CW does sci-fi right, you know, and I'm like oh, that'll be the day. And I watched the first episode, and I was like, "This is dumb." The first episode is is really dumb, mm. um, and kind of a lot of it's the first season is kind of dumb as well. Although it does play around with what happens when you shove a bunch of teenagers on a planet, and you know how do they, <laughs> like how will they behave? And you get a few episodes of that, which is quite fun. And then it kind of gets so much better from there. It just gets much darker, much more complex, much more intense until it got to the point where it's yeah I'm, I'm here for this i love this show and it's ending next year which is a bit of a shame i suppose but everything's got to end sometime season six i enjoyed season six i think the the change in setting yeah. said, was great it was a great move for them um keeping some of the lingering plots from previous seasons hanging around was a bit iffy t- at times but other than that i think the change in setting was, was what the show needed and what the characters needed in some ways. So um, that's something we'll be able to dive quite far into. Definitely. Uh, as we progress. So without spoiling, I don't have anything else that really doesn't spoil everything. So would you like to launch into the the spoiler anomaly? Huh. Yeah, I see what you did there. I would say this this works really well as like a part one of a two season arc I think because by the end of it you spend the whole season getting like the anomaly in the background kind of wondering what that's about 
And then by the end of season six, you know what's been set up for season seven. I find that really interesting. I've I then... forgotten about it at one point. Yeah, it was weird, right? I thought they were going to do more with it to explain it, like when um, Octavia goes into it, etc. But they kept it very sort of mysterious and unexplained so i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that they don't typically forget things on this show at least nothing no and i and somehow i always like doubt them anyway but they they always put it out of the bag it's because it's on the cw you know the every (laughs) on the cw show it's like yeah this isn't working let's just (laughs) yeah the viewers aren't ready for time travel let's forget it just pretend Mm. it's not there we'll just have a You know, feeling redeemed, it's fine. No one cares <laughs> yep. anymore. But yeah, the the background stuff was, was interesting in, in terms of... I see what you mean about it being a two-season arc. I hadn't actually thought of it like that. I thought of it... Yeah. I, mean, I think this season kind of struggled with what it was going to be about for so long because there were so many themes that they were trying to play around with. The, the doing better one, the kind of loss of self through all the body switching that was happening, the bit of religion, the... Mm-hmm. You know the the false news that everyone was getting, as in you know being indoctrinated into this religion with through their through lies. Um, yeah. So it's like pick a lane. <laughs> you're you're not quite giving everything the time it deserves. I think on the whole, it averaged out as being pretty well covered. But there's certain things like so the mind drives. They're not the people, really. Mm. They're backups of the people. Yeah, so it doesn't work the same way as the flame, for instance. Yeah, well, even the flame, I think, is just backups of the people. You know, it's just an upload of whatever their memories were at the point of death, um, which is what the mind drives do as well. So the person that comes back, if you're talking metaphysically, Uh isn't that person. They're a copy of that person. That gets into a whole question of, like, what is consciousness and what is humanity? Yep. Which, to to be fair, the the show's been wrestling with that for for quite some time now, and I think they they never like address it head on, but um, they do play with it quite interestingly. Yeah, I mean, in theory, you could have multiple Russells running about. <laughs> All you have to do is copy them, and then you've got loads of them, you know. And... Oh God, yeah, yeah. nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe something they could do sort of next season or whatever. Or, um, maybe not. Uh, just just have like 10 Josephines taking (laughs) over the planet yeah why not (laughs) they'll maybe have to leave us questioning the the meaning of life by the end of the season and leaving questions open are fine if you're not equipped to answer those questions but you're equipped to leave people with that question in their head then that's better, that's more effective sometimes Mm. yeah it's true and the 100 definitely especially in regards to um morality and stuff um, they definitely let the audiences answer those questions for themselves yeah um, morality was a big thing this season actually you had sort of Clark and Octavia they had essentially the same arc because they've been ostracised from the group <clears throat> um, although people still recognise Clark's leadership weirdly I suppose because no one else is competent enough to, <laughs> no one else really steps up in, no. to be fair so yeah. More by default than than actual um, them willingly letting her. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you have Bellamy, but he's not exactly bereft of blood on his hands, is he? Yeah. It's also, and this goes back to, like, season one, the different types of leadership. Um, And I think when it comes to, like, a diplomatic mission uh, with the primes, that Bellamy's not really equipped for that. 
Yeah, and Clark's the one that can make tough choices, so yeah. to speak. I mean, tough choices come into it quite heavily this season as well. Yeah. As in, you know, who gets to make those tough choices and huh. can we actually live with those tough choices? When doesn't it, though, with the 100? Yeah. Yeah. We've been here five minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, but I find it interesting that Clark and Octavia followed the same kind of arc. They had to mm. abandon who they were before and, and find something new. And the way they play around with that differently... Um, although they both do it with head trips, because who yeah. doesn't love a good head trip? True. Yeah, I actually find the parallels really interesting between um, Octavia and Clark in that they've both done things like really terrible things in the name of leadership and protecting their people. And then you have this parallel where the other characters are more willing to forgive Clark than they are Octavia. Yet by the end of the season... It's Octavia that's like made peace with herself, or is Clark the one who's been forgiven by the most people is still still very much fighting her own consciousness. I just find that quite interesting. Yeah, and obviously Clark needs help to kind of see the the monster she's become kind of thing because she mm-hmm. needs Josephine kind of show it to her. Whereas Octavia sees it herself. She yeah. she kind of she's haunted by her her darker self and has to defeat that and that's a very CW thing as well. I mean, mm. every show I watch on this network do that at some point. You know, at some point the character will be stuck in their head and have to face up to something that they've been ignoring. And But it was very much a, a literal manifestation of what the season's kind of about. Mm-hmm. Like, here's where we came from. We need to kill that off and forget it and move on. And it's also like Octavia not needing to be in charge anymore. You know, she kind of always thought that she needed to take charge, but now kind of doesn't. Because mm-hmm. once she redeems herself a bit, she kind of supports Bellamy, and then she fades into the background for a couple of episodes, which I think is deliberate. Yeah. Because um, it's all about her just being, right, I'll do what you want to do. I'm just here to help. And and that's an interesting development for her. She kind of removes some of the burden from herself. It's interesting, though, because you get the sense that Octavia no longer thinks of herself as a good person after her whole stint as Blood Rainer. Like, she yeah. thinks she made the correct decisions, but not the morally right ones. Yeah. And her sense of self is completely different than Clark's own sense of self. Yeah, and I think the difference is that Clark still feels like she needs to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, she needs to take ownership of of everybody's mistakes, I guess. And yeah. she needs to represent them in this kind of new world. And I mean, it kind of doesn't go all that well for her. At least mm-hmm. with because she gets erased, or supposedly erased. Yeah. And we all knew she wasn't really erased, though. That kind of lacked the emotional impact, I think. But I think leaving it lingering for an episode or two... Yeah. Where you're, or It was only one full episode, wasn't it? It was at the end of that episode that you, you should sort of... Walk oh, yeah. And, yeah, no, you're yeah. right. It's, yeah, it's better part of an episode. Yeah, but you had that full episode where you were just thinking, yeah, maybe... Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Can you imagine? That would have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking of a, a version of the show where, you know, you keep your actor around, but you change their character completely. So, yeah, you just have Josephine for the rest of the, the run of the show and Clark's dead. And, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, may not have been all that effective, although I think there was more mileage out of Josephine that they could have mined that they didn't. They still might, you know. I'm still thinking like season seven's going to pick up on a lot of threads. 
She's still clinging on in the, the background somewhere. Yeah, or like, you know, somewhere in, in the computers or whatever, like the same way that Shade Headers mysteriously disappeared into the uh, into the world. You yeah, never okay. know. Yeah. You never know with these things. Yeah, or if the anomaly allows them to kind of travel back in time, which it might. Mm. Might get to see Josephine before she she leaves Earth or when she first gets there or something like that. Yeah, that'd be interesting for them to develop because you only ever see the smallest little flashback um, in that episode where it's mostly in the mind space and you see her at the at the cafe and stuff. Um, that could get a lot more development. Yeah, where she completely like destroys that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shoots himself in the head. That was Yikes. A really harsh scene. But yeah, yep. uh, yeah. The idea that Josephine's like a selfish person who only thinks about herself and she's really shallow and all that kind of stuff. I think it's interesting to remember how young she actually is. Mm. Or at least in she may be hundreds of years old, but she's still like a teenager. And she never really grows out of that. Well no, I suppose like she always has her parents there as well. Like she never gets to grow out of that um, role as the daughter. So she, she never gets to really evolve emotionally the way a normal person might. Yeah, and it's, it's a weird dynamic as well. Just it is the, very weird. Uh, the sort of static society where, yeah, we're just going to be reborn and we'll kind of pick up where we left mm. off and then we'll just live for 60 or 70 years and then we'll die and then we'll find yeah. a new body and, and so on and so on until... Well, there is no end to that, I suppose, until until the, the crew from Earth show up and ruin everything for everybody. <laughs> the alternative title to the hundred. Yeah, yeah. They never did set on a collective noun for the, the group this year, which makes reviewing quite difficult. Yeah, I mean does I think Octavia mentions one crew a couple no, not Octavia. Um I think Indra mentions one crew one or twice once or twice, but then the rest of the time it's like uh, you've got different groups happening with no no good title in play. Yeah, I just went with one crew and then the primes. and Yeah, it's easier that way. Gives you a simple binary to play with. Mm. Yeah. And you kind of had Murphy sitting on the fringes as he usually does. I really like what they did with him this season. This I loved it. They really let him like play with the character. Um I think this was one of the highlight seasons for Murphy's character, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I like that you never know what he's actually going to do next. Mm. He's offered immortality, and it's like, yeah, I believe he would take it. I believe that he might not be interested in it. And then you bring in Amori as well, and she's she seems up for it too. I don't think we ever get a good sense of who Amori is, actually, because she has always been kind of on the side of, of someone else. Mm. So, I guess that makes it easy to believe that she'll do anything as well, but at the same time, you never get a sense of her motivation because she's always doing what Murphy wants. Yeah, but as well with Amori, I think she's used to being the outsider and um, the years that she spent in space with, you know, the the group that that, that had left Clark on Earth. I think she she started developing quite close bonds with all of them. I think that's a little bit at play in terms of where her loyalties lie, whether she's willing to abandon this like newly made family yeah. or whether she she's happy staying as an outsider and just being by Murphy's side. And I think they could have developed that more, but then that could be said about a lot of the characters. It's just a matter of screen time, isn't it? 
Yeah, you only have 13 episodes. And, exactly. Um, I'd rather have less than 23 where we're just sitting for weeks with nothing. Yeah, happening. yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> but I think Murphy just saying, okay, I'm willing to protect the people that I care about mm. and like nothing else. And that's almost, yeah, that's enough for him. So the Primes are essentially threatening his people, so he doesn't want to go with them. But even then, I still think he's tempted by the notion of immortality, although... Oh, definitely, yeah. But the fact that he's tempted by it and then still chooses to protect his his people, that's huge growth for the character. Yeah. And where he'll go next season, who knows? Ooh! <laughs> actually there was one scene in this season that i thought like really what summed up um his character really well which is when clark who's passing as josie calls him murphy instead of john and it's just like it encapsulates his character so well the way he reacts to that yeah. it's just like so blasé but you can tell he like actually cares about the fact she's alive because i suppose he's the or she's the only one that kind of gives him a bit of a chance earlier on yeah. earlier seasons he's all over the place and going completely insane and she's the one that kind of understands mm. Murphy's been through an awful lot suicidal and not caring if he dies and then I kind of want to live and now I want to be immortal I mean it's quite a journey No, I, I thought his character this season was brilliant and as always he's brilliantly played so it works really well yeah Richard Harmon Really good in that role. He's incredible. He should really get more acting roles. Yeah. I suppose he might after season seven. We'll see him another maybe. CW shows. Maybe, we'll maybe. Maybe lead in some teen drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That'd be weird. I mock the CW, but I love the CW. I mean, I watch so much of it. It's such a love hate relationship because, yeah. like, all their classic, like, CW tropes. You have to hate them, but at the same time, I'm still like religiously watching every single show they put out. So, <laughs> yeah, and just watching for them. Just watching. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the triangle. Yep. <laughs> and I always thought the hundred was pretty good at subverting that to some degree. I mean, early in season one, you had all that stuff like in abundance, yeah. but then uh, again, right, it's season one, so they got to throw in all the stuff that's going to get them viewers as a startup show. So you kind of understand the motivation behind that. Yeah, so our main villain was Russell, um, mm-hmm. and I quite liked him as a villain. I mean, early on he has quite a bit of depth to him, but I think by the end he becomes like more obviously villainous, and he becomes a bit more insane, and I think it gets to that point where, okay, your plan has failed, and mm. there's no way for you to salvage it, so you're just going to cause trouble now, and I, I found myself questioning his actions, like the rationality of his actions later on, and I don't think he seemed desperate enough at the end, I think that was the problem. Mm. I'm going to team up with Maddie now. It's like, okay, what's that going to accomplish? I mean, there's only like four of you now, so that's not going to help. Yeah, I don't know, because I'm torn between the fact that his choosing to team up with Maddie to get revenge for his family kind of parallels a lot of the other characters' decisions in previous seasons. But at the same time, maybe the fact that it lacks any rationality is kind of the point. Like, maybe it's hinting at the fact that after all these backups and, like, new bodies, etc., you're sort of whittling away at the core of someone. So he can construct a persona that's rational perfectly fine, but as soon as he's confronted with any like emotional trauma he doesn't know how to respond because he's not really himself anymore yeah that's a fair point and at that point he just rediscovered loss as well 
Yeah, because it's not something he's like in hundreds and hundreds of years, he's never experienced true loss. The fact that they never get attached to any of the nulls or the non primes means that essentially death literally no longer exists for them in any term. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it must have felt really surreal to actually lose his family after all. centuries and centuries. Yeah, and I thought it was a brave choice to keep him around as well. Yeah. Because next season is about, at least for him, will probably be him sitting in a, a cage somewhere, you know, be, being upset that he's lost <laughs> everyone he's ever cared about and obviously he's lost the command he held over Sanctum and everything else. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen because now all the people in Sanctum know that he's lied to them and, like, murdered loads of people. So there'll definitely be some element of, like consequence whether it they decide to keep him locked up or they decide to put him on trial or whatever yeah it'll be interesting and, and he sort of sees himself as a god as well like he actually believes that he's so far above everyone else mm-hmm. which i mean it's, it always makes for an interesting villain that sort of buys into their own hype yeah because you'll never get through to him on that score because he's just yeah he won't consider your opinion because He's above it. And to be fair, I think it was, was it Indra that was talking about like, well, what is a god, someone that lives forever, that knows all, etc. And and she's like, well, what's the difference between what they are and what a god is? So it kind of is, there is that element of like, it's not even that he buys into his own hype, it's that the hype becomes real. Yeah, Do you know I mean, what I mean, it doesn't have that spiritual aspect, I suppose. No. Um, it's surprisingly coming from Indra, actually, because she is a very spiritual person. Mm. You know, she's always talking about the, the memory of the, um, of the commanders and all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's surprising me that she would be so mechanical about something like that. Like, I would I would think her opinion would be that gods are something that you don't like, interact with as such. Yeah, maybe she has a different perspective on it, knowing that um, people are being lied to and being killed for the sake of these gods. And that's a very different take on um, the commander mythology. Yeah, because anybody back on Earth, they would take the flame and they would know they were getting the memories and experiences and yeah. personality quirks of the previous commanders, whereas on Sanctum, it's it's almost the other way around, where multiple people are being erased to accommodate mm. a, a few people. Yeah. Whereas the new commander doesn't get erased, it's just kind of supplemented by the other people. Well, it's weird because you, you kind of get the sense that they're aware of them, but they're still their own person, so that's not something they've ever done a huge amount with, actually, mm. when I think about it. <laughs> and now they won't get the chance to. <laughs> Oops. Well, maybe they will, because, I mean, the flame has been destroyed, so what better time to talk about it? And, mm. and consider what has been lost and there's enough people about to consider what the, the experiences that are gone are. The fact is that, that Clark now probably has to deal with the, that Lexa is gone completely um, because no part of her exists anywhere anymore. Mm. Unless they managed to back up the entire Flames code as well, but mm. I think they did. Doubtful. That seems yeah. a little bit like Doisex Messina, like yeah. it would cancel out a lot of the emotional impact. I think not that they really landed the magnitude of destroying the flame. I think it was sort of muddled in with a lot of other sort of narrative climaxes, so we didn't get the full brunt of the consequences and potentialities. Yeah, and, and Maddie was just like, "I'm not commander anymore." That's yeah, it. <laughs> that's the end of it. It's like, were you ever commander in the first place? Really? I mean, yeah. 
Well, to be fair, I think if I have one major beef with um, season six, it's, it's the whole sort of Maddie storyline. I wasn't really buying the sort of devil on her shoulder thing because... No. Just kind of came and went, and she got to kill a couple of people, and it didn't really mean anything. No, the whole time though, with like Shade Header, all I could think about was Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars. I was like, this is such a blatant ripoff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of examples you could think of of this kind of corrupting voice in someone's head, just cajoling them on into taking actions that they might not normally take. They did mm. encrypt on this season as well. Brainiac was inside Segel's head, and. Uh, trying to do the same thing so yeah i mean do i need to start watching that is it quite good oh i'd recommend it yeah i love crypto. yeah yeah cool it's a good show might add it to the to watch list <laughs> yeah the, the ever-growing to watch list. oh my god don't even yeah. <laughs> i think i need like five years out of life to yeah, just same catch put up me on a space station i'll watch it <laughs> <Yeah. and> just... <laughs> put me on the arc <laughs> yeah, yeah with a you know with a hard drive and a giant screen and yeah, that, that'll do me. Yeah. I will really enjoy that. Or even <laughs> just the, I don't know, I'll go on a flight to another planet, which takes like hundreds of years, then I'll catch it. Yeah. And, and skip, skip the cryosleep. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I'll just wake up and I'll, I'll watch everything. <laughs> then I'll go to sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I still need new stuff. Like, I need the new stuff to come to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult one. Mm. I keep up while well, yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, with the cryosleep stuff, they kept a large number of characters just out of the loop this season. Yeah, to be fair, they also introduced a bunch of new ones, so yeah. I think it was about keeping it manageable in terms of the ensemble casting. I think some of it was scheduling as well, because I know that like Jessica Harmon was on iZombie for its final season. Oh, yeah. So that way you can't get Nyla kicking about. Yeah, true. Uh, she's in the last episode, I think. But only she is. She, yeah. she like makes a couple brief appearances, um, but I think her total time on screen during the whole season can't be more than like 10 minutes yeah which is fine because like she's not a core character by any means yeah we'd all sorts of new characters we had to learn yeah. about russell we had to learn about gabriel we had to learn about well not so much simone she was just kind of there yeah um josephine was yeah. also even though i suppose she's shared a lot of the time with clark but she was definitely still needed to be introduced yeah i thought josephine was a great addition and you could almost imagine a version of the show where Josephine appears from now on, as I said earlier. Mm. I, mean, I don't know if it would have been that good, but it would have been something. Yeah. No, I, re- I really liked her, and I loved hating her, so I, I thought it, it was great. Yeah, and I liked her original actor as well. Yeah. Um, Sarah Thompson, I think her name was. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, I thought, I thought she did a great job. Yeah, and it was really good just seeing how, um, how different Eliza Taylor's performance was as well when she just slipped into that completely different persona. Yeah, and it's so layered as well, like when yeah. she's Clark pretending to be Josephine in Clark's body and that just like really shows off Eliza's uh, acting abilities because, yeah, we've always known she's a brilliant actress, but I think this really helped her come out of of that sort of like maybe CW stereotypical show. Yeah. Well, this season she did Clark, she did Josephine, she did Josephine as Clark, she did Clark as Josephine. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Lots>. <laughs> Just insane. Uh, I can't even imagine how you'd keep track of that on set as well, because like presumably they're not shot chronologically. So you're like, who am I again right yeah. now? <laughs> Ultimate identity. <crazy. laughs> 
And there was other little flourishes I liked where she was able to kind of suss out the language. Mm. She was like, there's this word I can't understand, but I'm not sure what it is, but I think it might be this. And it's like, yeah, I've been alive for hundreds of years. Of course I've got an ear for languages. Exactly, yeah. That's what I loved about it as well, is just how smart, like how covertly smart Josephine is. Like, it's it's not one of those characters where they're like spurting like scientific jargon and it's in your face all the time, but there's it's more like underlying and you're really appreciating that this girl's got like hundreds of years of accumulated knowledge. Yeah, and I liked her mind space as well, this meticulously organized yeah. collection of bookshelves that just chronicle her every memory. I thought that whole thing was really interesting, like the way they portrayed the contrast between like a mind that's been computerized and sort of more organic mind thought was really really interesting yeah and then when it started to break down just the books were everywhere and mm. throwing her memories out of airlocks and things that was, it was just kind of the again it's the loss of self it's the oh, I've yeah just forgotten, like 10 years of my life great thanks for that and you know what? Genuinely, in that episode, I think I felt a lot more sympathy for Josephine losing her memories than I ever did when they showed us, you know, her childhood trauma of having that boy shoot himself in front of her. Like, that didn't really have any sort of impact on me. But when you see the books fly out and she has to, like, pick a memory and say goodbye to those memories, I thought that was actually really impactful. Yeah. It's the what's important to me kind of memory. Mm. It's either this or you die. Yeah. And you know, what what are you willing to live without? And then after you get rid of it, you won't remember ever having it anyway. So mm. yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, memory is such a fun thing to play with in science fiction, though. It's just all these different things you can do with it. For sure. Could have watched an entire season of Clark and Josephine fighting for control. Hundred percent. I really think that was like my favorite episode, probably of the season, and definitely in the top five of like the whole running of the show yeah it's definitely up there it's reminded me of the one where raven was trying to get ali out of her head mm, yeah you know, where she was just trying to wear herself out so that her brain would be overstimulated and things like that that was mm-hmm. kind of, uh, yeah reminded me of that in a way although it's not quite the same thing but no but i, I see what you mean yeah 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 they do an awful lot of these these sorts of things actually just have different invasions into their their psyche that they have to fight yeah. against and none of it would work if it wasn't for like the incredible cast they managed to land because so much of it relies on the acting because you have to really like believe this whole of complexity of like multiple personalities and struggling for consciousness and it's such a credit to the acting abilities of the cast. Oh, definitely, Eliza Taylor is a, a great lead for a reason. And mm-hmm. I think when I think back to I used to watch Neighbours. Oh, really? Yeah, and I oh, think. Cool. I'm not sure exactly when I stopped watching, but she was definitely still in it when I was watching it. That's so weird. Um, yeah. Fair enough. When they first introduced her in, in Neighbour, she was a kind of a a problem child, I guess. She didn't have the best family life and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and she became this sort of much stronger, more sort of together person. And I remember when I first watched the show, I was like, I recognise her from somewhere. You did IMDb check. When of course. Every was, time. <laughs> oh my God, it's her. <laughs> and then yeah, I didn't recognise her when she wasn't Australian. <laughs> and I still forget that as well you know. yeah then you hear her in interviews and you're like oh damn that doesn't sound right <laughs> yeah obviously this season we're on a new planet which think back to season one did you ever think that would happen no uh, absolutely yeah. not no I don't know if this happens in the books I've never read them but um, it doesn't no, no. Um, to be fair right the books literally have nothing to do with the show so 
not even the characters or anything like the characters in the show. Mm. So it's weird. There is a Watch Mojo video that talks about the key differences between the books and the show, but I've never watched it. I probably should have. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. Maybe I'll watch it. Mm. Maybe I don't want to know. Who knows? Anyway. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they're on a new planet, which yep. is interesting. I kind of feel like they'd written last season as if we're in case we don't get renewed. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Because they could have ended it there, like it would have worked just fine. But I'm, obviously, I'm glad they didn't because I I love the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with season six. But they could have definitely left it on that hopeful note of like, oh, we're sailing off to a new world for a fresh start, and then that could have been the end. Yeah, and then it doesn't take long for it to be this hellscape. Mm. Um, the, the... It wouldn't be this show if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you do have kind of half an episode of wow, look at this. And... Yeah. <laughs> and they don't really think about, eh, are we safe to walk on the surface or is it going to like, oh, yeah. Yeah, are we going to get infected by some disease that we're not <laughs> we're not aware of because it's an alien planet? Yikes. Effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they kind of do this, here's an insect, that's alien life, let's not forget that. And mm. it quickly forgets that. Although, <laughs> and then suddenly you've got eclipses that turn everyone insane. And, mm. All that stuff. Yeah, that, that was fine. I quite liked the actual episode where they were all kind of chained up and try to ride it out because they were just all being driven mental by this this red moon or red sun. I thought that worked really well to like reintroduce some of the sort of psychological character traits where they're at in their arc, sort of struggling with their own internal demons and stuff bringing that back I thought was really helpful and it worked well especially for Clark to sort of resolve that with between her and Bellamy yeah it was, it was a small way to do it it's like oh uh, we're all fine what's going on <laughs> <laughs> I just love that scene where you've got all them little kids and that golden retriever just coming up to like a hot mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah everyone's just had a rough night and they're all refreshed and yeah. Oh, yeah, we always hide out during the <laughs> Although they don't really establish how frequent they are. They really don't, know, Because by, by the end, the whole sort of toxin fake eclipse thing is quite a major plot point. And Russell's like, oh, well, we know there's no eclipse, so the toxins aren't real. And you're kind of like, why did they think that would work? Yeah, they um, surely they have some way of predicting them. I mean... An eclipse should have a regular pattern that can be tracked, so I don't really know. I, I don't know. I'm well, sure there's two a... suns and multiple moons, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there must be some predictive element to it, because otherwise they wouldn't know to get in the bunker and hide from it. Mm. Well, I suppose yeah. they, they do mention the fact that they track the bugs, Yeah. and that's their first um, sign that something's up. But as for the actual frequency i have no idea <laughs> yeah it's one of those things that i want to know about and i guess maybe more episodes would give me that answer but then it's like oh what did we learn in this episode uh that the eclipses happen every three months <laughs> oh, great nothing else no one else did anything <laughs> <laughs> to be fair they did really well in getting out a lot of exposition without it feeling like you're being force-fed this whole like world building yeah and then the episode after that was it's probably the quietest moment you have on the show, where they're all yeah. just kind of hanging around Sanctum, and mm. it seems like it's going to be okay. I mean, you know there's going to be some kind of darker underbelly to it, because there always is, but the fact that they get to unwind a bit, and they're being welcomed into the society, and 
you know, it's, we're, we're gearing up for a party. It's like, mm. but we're actually gearing up to kill this young girl. And yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jordan. <laughs> yeah, Jordan was an interesting addition, actually, because he's the only pure innocent character in the show. Yeah, that Something didn't last long, did it? <laughs> well, no. I mean, he doesn't really do anything, though. Not to the extent anyone else does, because no. we forget our original name. Priya was her later name. Oh, um, Delilah. That's the one, yeah. yeah. So he hooks up with her, and then he wants to know what happened to her, and that's how they kind of figure out what, what the situation is. But after that, he basically disappears. Yeah, they, they didn't have much use for him, I think, so they just sidelined him quite a lot, which is unfortunate, because I thought his initial presence was really promising in terms of like being the new moral compass. Yeah to the group but then he was kind of tossed aside and I think especially with Kane also being written out of the show that that's both moral compasses gone which is interesting because then it's like well other characters are accountable for themselves or yeah. is there just nothing to hold them to their actions but yeah well, that's all the grown-ups gone now isn't it yeah I suppose except Indra I suppose she counts yeah well we lost Abby and Kane in, in one season, which is, yeah. you know, they're, they're season one OGs. <laughs> so that was really sad, to be honest. I, I'm not going to lie, I cried when Abby died. But <laughs> I also think it's the right thing to do if we're going to go all in to that question of, like, can we do better? I think it's important to leave it up to the next generation, which are, you know, the kids who aren't kids anymore. Yeah. And I think the the Abby thing was really well done because it was it was quite understated. She just turns up and then yeah. she's done and Clark's still pretending to be Josephine at the time, so she can't react. Yeah. She, there's nothing she can do about it. It's the it's little lingering looks that she gives that's like, you know, when she knows that no one's looking. And, mm. You know, where she's just trying not to break down. That tells you everything about what she's feeling about that loss. God, yeah. I thought it was gorgeously done on everyone's part, to be honest. Like, Paige Turco yeah. is incredible. And she kind of gets to say goodbye when Simone pretends to be Abby. Y- yeah. Kind of. Kind of. But not quite. I mean, she'll never have that closure on her relationship with her mother. No. And I suppose that'll go into the next season as well. And I think it's interesting as well that like Raven, who's almost a surrogate daughter, did get to say goodbye and then Clark didn't. I think that might set up like an interesting conversation between the two because we haven't really seen Clark and Raven together this season. No, I other think than Raven saying, I hate you. Yeah. Clark being like, well. Sorry. Which is like fair enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think it might set up the sort of like rekindling of their relationship, the fact that. Raven knows that she got to do something that Clark's going to wish her whole life she'd gotten to do. Yeah. And Raven did get closure in her relationship with Abby as well. Yeah, which um, which is great because, you know, Raven's had it rough. She deserved something good, even yeah. though it's, well, good. She, <laughs> she got closure with her, her mother figure, even if that meant she then died. But yeah. I think it, it was something that needed to happen any which way. I kind of thought their reconciliation was a bit abrupt considering how hostile Raven was all season. But then I thought about it again and it was like, no, it's family. I mean, yeah, you, know, you do randomly fall out with family and then forgive them very, very quickly. That happens in pretty much every family, I would imagine. So 
it's like, yeah, I was only acting out because I was really disappointed in you and mm. all that kind of stuff. I mean, let's not forget that Abby did willfully let someone die so that she could get Kane back, which you can understand, but it's also it's difficult to walk back from. Yeah. I suppose her sacrificing herself so that Maddie would survive was her atonement for that, or as much as possible. Mm. Not a big season for Raven, though. No, no. At the beginning, it kind of looked like she was at the machine shop having chats with... Is his name Riker? Riker, yeah. Riker, yeah. You kind of thought they might develop like a romantic relationship or something, but they abandoned that pretty quickly, which... It's fine by me because you can only have so many side plots. But The worst thing that can happen to you in this show is that you, you form a relationship with Raven. It just means you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yep. In Even the very first episode. The oh, old God. <laughs> <laughs> just don't go there. <laughs> nope. If I ever wind up in this post-apocalyptic future, as much as I love Raven, I'll stay away. Yeah. Just no. Also, don't have too much of a conscience because you will die. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I have to make sacrifices, otherwise I'll be killed. Top tips. <laughs> I will probably be sacrificed as a, as a peaceful gesture. Yes, as has happened <laughs> on several occasions. Right, so, on the theme of like doing better, do you think mm-hmm. you did do better, or do you think there's still a ways to go? I think there's more intent on trying to do better. I think it's much more at the forefront of their mind when they're making any decision. But I also still think that right and wrong take a back seat to protecting their own people. Yeah, they're still falling back on that habit. Yeah, but then again, is that wrong or is that just their version of doing the right thing it's the hundred it's never black and white and i love that but i do think that something needs to be said for the fact that they're very aware of their past wrongdoings and that they're really they they are trying to do better even though i i would say by the end of season six that's kind of questionable is what jordan says that yeah the primes were doing something wrong but the people were happy so was it really their place to to come in and intervene and tell them what's right and what's wrong i thought that last exchange between him and bellamy perfectly summed it up yeah and that conversation they're both a bit skewed in the way that they look at things because jordan hasn't been about he doesn't understand what's been happening Mm -mm. he's been like drugged or something for like yeah for days or weeks or however long it's been so he's like yeah we tore this society apart they actually worked Mm. rightly or wrongly until we showed up and then bellamy's like yeah but we had no choice and it's like uh did we did we not have any choice i mean it's a difficult one because russell is this kind of totalitarian force that uh, willfully kills people because he wants to continue surviving and He's lulled these people into a false sense of, I guess, peace that mm. you know, they're they're becoming something or becoming part of something greater than themselves. And when in reality, you're just becoming empty husks for for a consciousness that's deemed better than theirs. It's and so yeah, they're gone. They're completely gone. And it's, so that's that difficult question: like, how do we deal with that? Is there a non-violent solution? I suppose the only non-violent solution is, yep, let's go along with it. We all become nightbloods and we're fine. Mm. Uh, we'll all just keep surviving through the ages. Oh, I'm sure Murphy would have been all right with that. <laughs> well, I think uh, what happens is you find out who is willing to do it, and then you kill the rest, and then mm. you know that that's how that's how you perpetuate these kind of dictatorships anyway in our own history. 
anybody that speaks out against you gets killed because you can't have those voices speaking out against you and then eventually it gets overthrown. So there's kind of a sense of that here because you had Gabriel. He was the one that kind of felt a bit sick about what was going on. Yeah. In the sense that Riker was a bit against it as well. I mean, yeah. Because so, he still went along with it, but he was like, no, I don't feel good about it, but I'll still do it. Yeah, he hesitated, and then he was faced with his own mortality and decided he was worth more. Yeah. I guess you have to ask yourself, would you do anything differently? You know, if faced with that situation, would you choose to let yourself die and be forgotten, or would you continue on? I mean, I don't know what I would do. I'd like to think that I would do the right thing, or what I think to be the right thing, and not be reborn, but at the same time, I kind of like being alive, so... Do you think there's a sense on their behalf that, you know, they've gone this long and taken this many lifetimes that maybe they think they owe it to the world to to keep going? Because as soon as they die, all these people's sacrifices are essentially nulled. Well, Riker says something to that effect, doesn't he? Mm. He says something about he's honouring that body by by continuing to be in it. And I think Gabriel says that too. Mm. You know, I'm in this body now, so I might as well not waste it and maybe use it to to help everyone else. And I liked Gabriel's nonviolent approach as well. I think the way he kind of did it, you know, when he let himself be captured. Yeah. So he could have a conversation with Russell and try to get through to him. But what you had was these two people that were completely set in their ways and couldn't be budged. And they were both wrong in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like conversations like that where both sides are kind of barking up the wrong tree and they're completely inflexible because Gabriel's asked a few difficult questions there and he just doesn't have an answer for it. And he's like, yeah, well, you suck. So uh, <laughs> and that's basically his answer. Because mm. he has been, I suppose, alone with his own beliefs for so long. He just hasn't had the chance to really reflect on them. And and the same, Russell never gets challenged by anybody else. So he doesn't have answers either. Yeah, they're both leaders who are who are gods to their own people, and I think there's a there's definitely a sense of massive ego that you even if you're aware that you might not be right, you're you're still convinced that your way is better than the other way. Yeah, and you get sort of examples of what it might be like if the relative peace that the primes have brought in kind of tore apart. You know, you have all these devoutly religious people that just can't believe that their life has been a lie and they're they're Mm. sort of fighting for something that they refuse to admit doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I find it interesting as well that there is that initial resistance to believe that everything they've been told is a lie because there's an investment in believing that you know, the primes really are gods because otherwise, you know, what has their entire life been? Um, and I find that really interesting, the way they deal with them, like the idea of organised religion and belief and propaganda. I thought they yeah. did really well with that. Yeah, the primes gave them meaning, mm-hmm. albeit incorrect meaning or false meaning. But as far as anybody knew, they, they had it figured out, you know, if I'm lucky enough, I'll be chosen, or if I'm lucky enough, I'll be born with this special blood and I'll be chosen by the primes to become one with them and then I'll move mm. on to this kind of higher plane of existence. And that's not what's happening at all. That's the end result's horrible. But then how many people believe in a, a better place and you don't know 
what happens after death. So, you know, it's a huge question as well. What if in the last minutes before the, the abyss you learn that it's all a lie and your, your entire life building up to that point has been meaningless? I think you'd probably rather die not knowing that, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, t- I'm talking about sort of... In, no, in I know. World, yeah. yeah, but it's it's almost like it kind of comes back to that question of like, was it the right thing? Like, did, did the hundred, did the one crew have any right to like strip these people of this belief, whether it be false or not, because they were happy with that belief. Yeah. And having that taken away from them is gonna, in, in the long term, cause them a lot more sorrow and heartache than if they'd been blissfully ignorant and just kept believing. Yeah, and then what happens next season with that, now that you've got these kind of pockets of people Mm. that have had their whole life shattered, their whole reason for being shattered, everything they knew is gone. How do they... Obviously, who are they going to blame for that? I mean, the candidates are right there. Yeah. I really hope with season seven they don't just, like, focus in on the anomaly and they do actually deal with the aftermath in sanctum because i know we've still got some characters within sanctum so it'll obviously get revisited but i also feel like season six never spent much time with like the everyday common citizen so i'd like to see a bit more of that done next season yeah and that makes it harder to accept it when they actually did start playing with it yeah yeah you have no sense of the kind of grassroots side of it you know all about no. the times. Yeah, and I also found it quite hard to feel bad about it. Like, you know, when the. You kind of feel for Delilah dying to be replaced by Priya, but when they threaten to, like, turn other people into Nightblood so that all the primes can be resurrected at once, it's hard to feel invested in those lives that are potentially lost. Yeah. Um, Which is why they they took Abby, I suppose, is to really hammer home that sort of loss. But yeah, you need some yeah. audience shorthand. You need exactly, exactly. Viewers need something to care about, and yeah. don't necessarily care about some anonymous guy. Because you kind of got that with Kane, and mm-hmm. um, I don't even remember the name of his host. That's <laughs> neither do I. He's just the guy from Bitten. That's all yeah. I know him as. <laughs> Yeah, which um, I've not. I've seen one season of Bitten actually, but not. Yeah, I not. think you're enough having seen one season to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> it was a bit of a slog. Yeah, it, to be said. it was all right, but it was nowhere like further than all right. And in yeah. this day and age, you know, I need more than that to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really like Laura Vanderbilt, and I was like, oh, she's on mm. the show. I'll watch that. Yeah, and to to be fair, she is like Defo, one of the highlights of that show, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think with season one, you've seen what you needed to see. <laughs> yeah, I think she's playing like a vampire next or something like that. So she's making hmm. her way around all the kind of <laughs> other stuff. She's been an alien, in two aliens actually, werewolf, really? vampire. Yeah. Mm. Well, she was the Smallville version of Supergirl and she was in V as well. I had totally forgotten well. she was in Smallville. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a throwback. I know. Well, she was also in Supergirl, the TV show, as a alien mm. computer thing yeah. so I don't think I've ever seen her play a human <laughs> enough. she's too pretty to be credible <laughs> as a human yeah don't believe it yeah. it's like no she's she's not human 
Maybe she'll be in season seven of the hundred. No. Maybe. Maybe she'll be an eye zombie as a zombie. Well <laughs> really well, complete that wheel. Because that show is now finished, so that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> in the reboot, Disney'll pick it up next year, don't you worry. Or when the, the, I do a Kickstarter and get it. I'm not gonna do a Kickstarter. I don't have the rights. But Rob Thomas might. Worked for him before. Tweet him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. I have this uh, great idea for you. <laughs> yeah, it seems to work for you. So <laughs> what were they talking about? <laughs> Doing better. Yeah, I kind of yeah. agree with you that they they start to do better, and I actually prefer the the gradual shift towards doing better because again, it's a. I mean, it's not exclusive to the CW, but it's a lot of the a lot of kind of sci-fi shows where you get the here's the problem and here's the end of that problem, mm-hmm. and the kind of in between is a bit muddied. So the fact is they're trying, but it's impossible to break out of a pattern of behavior completely. You can't go cold turkey on this sort of stuff. And seeing the little attempts at it, so the, okay, we're going to bring down the shield and then we're going to infect everyone with the toxin and while they're mm. all killing each other, we'll slip in. It's like, well, that's, that idea is horrible. Mm. It's really horrible. And Clark's like, how about we try it another way that doesn't kill everybody? And coming from her, that's like, well, yeah, that's, that's novel. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Usually you're the one that's like, yep, yeah, that's fine. There'll be that's less fine by me. <laughs> and yeah. So it's, yeah, we're going to do this. It's harder, but we'll do it because it's, it's better for everybody. And it's more problematic for all of us, but more people will, in theory, survive at the end of it. So yeah. the fact that she considers that. And she gives us Simone a choice before, you know, opening the airlock. Yep. Yeah, is, she did. Yeah, which is unusual for her. And then... Uh, she's very remorseful when she talks to Bellamy at the end of the last episode as well. Yeah. Questioning whether she could have done more, could have done better. I really like that as well, the fact that it... Because they, they've always been, you know, the good guys, no matter how complex the, the morality of that entails. They've always been presented as the good guys because you see them acting out of love for their, their people. And I think season six really changed things because they're broadening the scope of who they care about. And it's it's less doing things because, you know, it's right in that you're saving the people you love. It's more doing things right for selfless reasons. You, you're not motivated by this desire to protect what you have and those you care about. It's more altruistic. Yeah. I thought that was the most interesting part of it was that, well, why should they care about these people? Why should they care about like limiting the damage? And it really is because they're trying to do better in a very pure sense of the word. Yeah. They're considering the human cost. Yeah. 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 And Bellamy's attitude is kind of simplistic with the whole, well, we have no choice. Yeah, it's a bit awkward. And although it's weirdly consistent because earlier in the season he says to Echo, I think we should just stop being like annoyed at ourselves for our past misdeeds. And, mm. and she's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you haven't been listening to her. I mean, no. think of all the, well, or at least all the stuff we've heard that Echo's been through. And then you get that flashback where she has to literally take her dead friend's name. Yeah, God. Yeah, it's quite intense. I don't know. I sometimes, or I often feel like Bellamy can't just see beyond himself. No. And that's been a failing he's had since day one, pretty much, because when he was vying for leadership with Clark in season one, 
he was very much about, yeah, I'm going to be in charge and everyone's mm. going to listen to me. And he's not really keen to listen to other people. I think he's better at that now. But at the same time, there's still those little issues that creep in for him. Yeah, I think there's definitely a reluctance to look inwards um, on his behalf. He's he's very quick to forgive others or to judge others. But yeah. when it comes to his own actions, I think it's like Pandora's box. He, he doesn't want to open it just yet. Yeah, and he went from, yeah, you're my sister, but you're not my responsibility to, mm. well, that there was an implied reconciliation, but it didn't really... I don't know, it didn't really work as such, although I was happy that they were putting it behind them because it was going to get tedious. Mm. I think we had to leave as much behind as possible going into the next season because it was just mounting up with it. We keep having the same arguments over and over again and it's getting dull. Yeah, I'm still not convinced that Bellamy actually forgave Octavia. I think he did it because he was tired of hating her. Yeah. So I just don't buy that that's like true forgiveness i think he he just wanted to be a big brother again and i guess with her being missing there's plenty of chance to reflect on that mm-hmm. which was a weird ending i mean the i did not expect that in the least <laughs> yeah that was crazy yeah they just oh look you've had this tattoo on your back it's just so happy <laughs> you've never taken your jacket off before <laughs> before now I don't know, th- things like that make me wonder about how bad everyone in that show smells. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things, you see the actors at, like in photos at, I don't know, premieres or mm-hmm. events or whatever else, and they're all, you know, they all look so clean and made up, and like you watch this show, and it's like, whenever watching The 100, I always feel like I need a bath. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, it's all so grimy and muddy, and but in such a designer sort of way. Yeah. They all still look really good. Yeah, well, it is a CW. <laughs> There's no unattractive people allowed on the CW. No, we can't have that. No. <laughs> that would be it would be anarchy. <laughs> That's when they change networks. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, you can have ugly people on other networks. <laughs> but yeah, she has the kind of, I guess, the cheat code for the, uh, to use video game terminology, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the cheat code to activate the, the thing. Mm. I, I really hope that um, they go into all of that in season seven and actually give us explanations because as it stands, if this was the entirety of that storyline, it feels very tacked on. Well, it definitely like it, won't be. I mean, they haven't introduced hope just for that one scene. No, I know, I know. And I'm saying that, like, bearing in mind that I know this is all setting up for season seven, but I'm saying yeah. if it had been cancelled before this, it would definitely be to the detriment of season six. Imagine if it had been cancelled, you just cut that. You <sighs> cut that scene. I don't even want to fathom that. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully we don't. We're nope. All, we're going to find out. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so Hope is there, and forget the name of the actor that plays her. Um... She, she has the same surname as another actor in the show. But I can't really? Yeah. Fair. yeah, she turns up and I wasn't clear if Octavia always remembered what went on and was keeping it hidden or if the memories just came flooding back as soon as the anomaly showed up. I think it was more like it came flooding back because I really don't see why she would have lied this whole time. And also I don't, I don't buy that she would have been that convincing. I think, you know, 
she's not that good a liar. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking when the anomaly opened and Hope came out that it triggered the memories as well. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Because mm. uh, as soon as she saw Hope, there was that moment of recognition. recognition yeah, was like, oh, it's 100%. Hope. And, like, who the hell's Hope? And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> The, the audience was basically Bellamy in that scene. It's like, who's this? What's going on? What is Excuse this? me? <laughs> yeah. And then Octavia gets stabbed. Yep. I don't think that's her dead. No, I don't want it to be anyway. <laughs> no. It's maybe she's had an adventure that we'll see play out and it has to lead to that moment for some mm. reason. Oh, no, it's Shelby Flannery that Hope's actor's name is, which is not the same spelling as Lola Flannery, but... Oh. Uh, so, fair yeah. enough. I often Lots wonder if of... Richard Harmon and uh, Jessica Harmon are related. But I'm never yeah, they are. If they are. All right. Yeah, yeah. They're like half siblings, I think. But oh, yeah. Okay. I follow both of them on Instagram and they're always going on like family vacations together. So <laughs> confirmed. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't know that. I do a totally little amount of research before coming on these I just count on everyone else doing it for me. Fair enough. <laughs> I got you. I got yeah, you. Got enough work to do. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see some kind of adventure from within the anomaly, and imagine it's not the last of Dioza. I've got this kind of vision of Octavia being in there, and she'll see a Dioza who's like super old and. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get some flashbacks. To actually, what happened? Flash, weird time, whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. clearly, what like a good twenty-five years must have happened in there. The fact that like she knows Dioza's daughter in her twenties. Yeah, well, it wasn't clear on how old Hope was. She looked like she might be kind of teenage but mm. really bad at finding out these, you know, gauging these ages. Especially yeah. in shows like this where they're 25-year-old teenagers to begin with. And <laughs> at least yeah. they would have caught up with their own age because they had the like, massive time skip at one point. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's something. But uh, yeah, they were kind of high school age when it started, which you have to think about. Mm. Yeah. Especially now that there's no grown-ups left. No. <laughs> they are the grown-ups now. Yeah. That's weird. Crazy. That's so strange. Well, even Maddie looks like weirdly so much older this season. Yeah. Well, that's um, a different actor. I don't think it was Lola Flannery last season. It was? I'm sure she was a different actor at one point. Well, Maddie? Yeah. Surely not. Oh, that's something that I'll, I'll have to check later. No, but she was definitely Maddie last season. Like, 100%. So, I, d- I don't know. Portrayed by Imogen Tear, Prime Fire, then Lola Finery, S5 to S7, and then Lena Renner, Young Child, whenever that was. Hmm. So, there's been three Maddies. So, yeah, it was definitely a different actor in her first appearance. Like when it was by the riverside or something? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair, fair. I know they replaced the actor at some point. And fair I think enough. this season they've just made her look a lot older. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think that helps sort of sell the whole, like, dark commander vibe of it. I feel like she comes off as kind of petulant. Mm. Which I find distracting. It's like, I can't take you seriously being threatening. because Yeah, that whole arc, man, just (laughs) did not have me invested at all. No, it really needed more work. And I think it was one too many things. I'm not sure what else she could have done with Maddie, left her asleep, I suppose. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I was just thinking, like, was this just a way for them to sort of have Maddie taken out of the equation because she obviously has the power to raise this whole army and she'd probably be like right they've taken Clark I'm gonna like kill everyone in Sanctum and that'd be the end of the season yeah 
Uh, I suppose they needed some kind of catalyst who was going around killing primes. True. True. But at the same time, anybody could have done that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm not quite sure what they were getting at with, with that whole side plot, but... I guess they were setting up for whatever they're going to do with the devil on their shoulder, whatever he does. Mm. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Takes over the ship or something like that. Christ. <laughs> It's like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, I just never thought I'd see them get to this point. I mean, no. I thought they called the Framework, that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's the same thing, you know, whatever mm. it's called. The City of Light, that was it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I thought that was, like, weird by the show's standards. Mm-hmm. And now we have time travel. Yeah. Potentially. Or at Potentially. least non-linear storytelling in yeah. some way. Defo something funky is happening. <laughs> yeah. You've got a, a mental fixing anomaly and weird time stuff and an aged child that was mm-hmm. born like a few days ago and and floating rocks. Yeah, floating rocks. Yeah, and aliens, of course. I mean, they're just bugs, but they're true, yeah. true. Yeah, and there's other moons they might go to. I mean, the I kind of thought that, like Russell said, we're going to go to the other sites and mm. them, which I think there's not enough time next season to. Go and do that. I don't think, I don't, at least not yeah. extensively. I don't think they'll do that. To be honest with you, I think they're they're going to stay on Stanton now and deal with the anomaly thing. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's fine just to leave. There's other stuff out there. Let's leave that. Yeah, yeah. There's plus yeah. the whole reason that Russell wanted to leave was that he could start again in a position of power, whereas one crew or the hundred they they don't have that issue. That they're, they're fine just staying put. It's not like they're the villains in that story. Yeah, I suppose they could just go and colonise the other side of the planet and not worry yeah, about it. Yeah, true that. Which might be a thing that they could do, maybe not. Mm. Guess mm. we'll see. Yeah, we will. Hopefully soon. I'm not here to wait another 12 months. I think it'll be next year. I mean, it's not... Well, it's only just finished. So yeah, it's, it's, not, it's definitely not going to be making the full circuit, but I'm hoping yeah. maybe like between March and May next year. I reckon it'll come on at the same time it did sort of this year. Which yeah. Is what, April? I want to say April, yeah. Yeah. Which means it'll run through my busy summer. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I've reviewed every episode and I'm going to review every episode. So. Yeah. If you did it this year, you'll be fine next year. <laughs> yeah. <You> start prioritising <laughs> that over sleep. Mm. Yeah. But nah, it's been, a, it's been a good season. Um, You know, it's one of those shows that. I've kept going with because it has always given me something. Yeah. Given me something that's just a bit extra, I guess. And it feels weirdly un-CW in a lot of ways, where the way they play around with different things. Mm. I've seen some people discount it for being overly dark, and I suppose if you were only just coming into it and you just happened to watch an episode, you might be like, yeah, this is this is a bit intense. I feel like that's what keeps me coming back to it, though, is how dark it is. Because it's it's so complex that it keeps you fully invested all the time. Yeah. And you get to love these characters through thick or thin, and you become so invested in their growth and their journey that I think that that's why it kept going for so long. Yeah, it's obviously kept enough of a fan base to keep it going for seven seasons. Yeah, it's doing pretty well for itself. <laughs> and I feel like they're sort of ending on their own terms. 
Yeah, it doesn't. I I don't know what the whole story is, but it doesn't really feel like you know they got cancelled or anything. It sounds more like they they agreed with the with the studio or the network to be like, well, we're gonna stop here. Does that work for you? And everyone seemed to agree. So it seems that's quite a common thing now, actually, of renewing shows for a final season. Yeah, I've seen it happen a lot. They did that with Eye Zombie. Timeless didn't. It got cancelled, but they got a kind of one episode wrap up, mm-hmm. which I've not seen, but apparently wasn't very good. Okay. Um, I don't think I've seen an example of we're doing a final season where it has actually felt satisfying. I thought Eye Zombie was very disappointing in the way mm-hmm. it ended. Although, based on what they were doing with the season, you couldn't really see it wrapping up any other way as well. It's, endings are hard, and I think yeah. it's worth paying in mind every time. And oh, Way back when Smallville got renewed for its 10th season, it was renewed for its final season. Do you know what? I'm not even convinced I've seen season 10 of Smallville. I'd have um, to check. <laughs> spoiler alert, he becomes Superman at the end. What? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. What a surprise. <laughs> well, Super hopefully... Supernatural given its final season as well. That's oh, yeah. God. Specifically its final season. Supernatural is a long-ass show. And yep. to be fair, like, season five was their final season until it wasn't. Yeah. Well, so. that was the original showrunner's plan. Yeah. Left and... To be fair, that would have worked really well. Yeah. But... It's had a couple of end points, actually, that would have been okay. <laughs> but, uh... And then they were like, oh, wait, money. Yeah, let's keep doing it. <laughs> Jensen and Jared got to pay the bills. Let's just keep them keep going. We'll must be weird. Again. Yeah, it must be so weird now for them to like finish it after what, like fourteen years of their lives. Yeah, mental. Gonna be intense. I'm losing a lot of shows over the next year. Aww. hopefully you <laughs> gain some good ones as well. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, or maybe I'll just have less work to do. Which <clears throat> nah works for me. <laughs> Lucifer has been renewed for a final season on Netflix. Ah, I saw that. Yeah. That. So, yeah, there's a lot of final seasons getting kind of thrown around. Yeah. And sometimes it's a better idea to just end it. You know, you get to a point where halfway through the season they're told, yeah, we're not picking you up again. And then they just let it end as it does. But mm. sometimes that's better than let's try and wrap it up in a neat little package. True. So we'll see if the maybe they've had this end point in mind and they're building to it or. Maybe it will just be like, but what about this? What about that? And yeah. Do you know what? I'm betting on like quite a satisfying ending with like a cliffhanger. Do you know what I mean? Like plot points are resolved, but then something happens and you're like, oh, that could open up for an eighth season. That'll never happen. See, I think the opposite. I think they'll really? whatever the season's about and then you'll do this kind of pan out and it'll be like 100 years later and... I don't know, they'll show, like, they're in some kind of paradise situation where there are no problems anymore, or they show them escaping from the surface of this planet as it's exploding around them, but therefore completing the loop and they're back to where they started. Like, ah, we've destroyed Mm. another planet. I definitely don't see it closing with a happy ending. I think that'd be very sort of treasonous to the core of the show. I don't Uh, think it'll end well for everybody. No. That's for sure. But I can see them doing the hundred years later flash forward where it's all very it's all very idyllic and everything they fought for meant something and they're they're completely at peace or or whatever else. Mm. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, yeah. I, I really just don't buy the I think the whole point of the hundred is telling us that, you know, 
under survival conditions, humans are gonna fuck up. So <laughs> I think I think that that's the whole message. And I think if if by the end of season seven they really they're trying to sell the whole like happily ever after peaceful nation thing, I don't I doubt anyone's gonna buy it. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes the showrunners get carried away with this kind of self-indulgent. Perhaps. I really hope that's not the case. Because I think as well the fact that, you know, they can plan for this season being the last one. I really hope they 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 keep the, the other six seasons in mind and do them justice as well. Yeah. So you're going for a pessimistic-ish ending. I told you, that's what I like about the show. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Like, I love all the characters, but not enough for them to all be happy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd like to see some kind of catharsis for some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Let let Raven have a boyfriend that doesn't. <laughs> Just, uh, at least You're asking a... for too much now. That's yeah. enough. <laughs> I get the sense they're kind of building up a next generation type situation. I guess, like maybe they are. Yeah, maybe the more innocent side of it can can help. So I suppose Maddie's no longer innocent because she's killed. But like Jordan, maybe Hope. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe Maddie's gonna get another shot at childhood now that the flames out of her head and she's not technically Commander anymore. Yeah. Maybe it's... that's like a renewed innocence that she's gonna get to experience. Yeah, what they did with her was a far cry for her being. Can I go to school? <laughs> the season. Christ. No, no, you can't go to school. Uh, you almost forget that's within like thirteen <laughs> episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think it's like in the third episode. Like, yeah. That's good for that. Because it's definitely like Clark's already been possessed by Josie, so it, it's not even the first episode. Yeah, well, she she asks Clark first. Yeah. When she's and, herself and he's mm-hmm. told no. And then she asks Josephine, who she thinks is Clark, and it's like, yeah, how do you know? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what we get, pessimistic or optimistic, I don't know. I'm just very excited. And you know what? I'm also really, ex- like, as sad as I will be when it ends, I'm also very excited to see what everyone does after this, because I think it's going to have launched quite a few careers. Yeah, you've got quite a lot of kind of show-leading people, mm. actors, I think, that, that could bounce out of this. For sure. Eliza Taylor can't just keep appearing in bad Netflix Christmas. Oh my god, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I could not even get through like the first half of that film. I was like, oh my god, Eliza, I'll watch it. And then I was like, oh god, What's, no. what's her one called? Um, um, A Christmas Story or something? Uh, Christmas Prince? No, that's the uh, Rose McIver one. It's definitely something with Christmas. Yeah. Christmas Inheritance, that's it. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> I haven't actually seen it. I just saw it was there and I was like, I should watch that. They literally all blur together as well. <laughs> They've almost become the new Hallmark. Although well, Hallmark are still doing that. That's literally it, yeah. yeah. They're just churning out crappy Christmas movies. <laughs> she deserves better. Because there's going to be a, a sequel, another sequel to A Christmas Prince this year. Oh, you're joking. Because the, the first one was just A Christmas Prince, which I watched because Rose McIver's in it. Mm. And then I haven't seen the second one. Um, Fair enough. But the first one was bad enough, and then the third one was like, the second one was like the wedding, and the third mm. one is like a baby or something like that. I don't know. I'm not that interested. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if there's been a sequel to the Christmas Inheritance, and I really hope not. But <laughs> <laughs> she must have just had some time to kill between seasons and thought, you know what, I'll make some money doing this rubbish. 
Maybe. <laughs> or I've always wanted to be in a Christmas movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only one they're going to offer me. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know what she'll do next. Will she stay on the CW? Yeah. I don't know, but I hope they give her good roles. That's I, I'm, I'm not fussy about what she does next. I just want it to like be a credit to her abilities now that we've seen what she can do. Yeah, I want to see Raven turn up, Lindsay Morgan. I want to see her turn up in something else. Yeah, because you know what? I'd never seen her in anything else. Like I know she's done a couple bits and bobs, but I think this is defo the the biggest thing she's done. Yeah. She's in one episode of How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Yeah, it's the episode where they're getting the drunk train back because they want to pick up chicks on the drunk train, and she's one of the, uh, the chicks that Ted oh tries Lord. to pick up. Yeah, <laughs> definitely come a long way from there. Yeah. I mean, there was only one scene, but uh, <laughs> I did rewatch it like last year, and I was like, "Sir, <laughs> I didn't recognise her with her face washed." <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think that anyone with half a brain is going to cast a lot of these people into like really good roles and hopefully leading roles as well. Well, the, the CW take care of their actors, so I think mm. there'll be another show that they put at least some of them on. Yeah. Maybe they'll turn up as villains in The Flash or something. <laughs> Maybe. They, some of them probably already have, I can't even think of it. <laughs> I know a lot of people get Bob Marley mixed up for Ian Somerhalder, because they look vaguely similar. Really? Well, that, that's what someone told me. I don't know okay. who Ian Somerhalder is, to be honest. He's the guy from Vampire Diaries. Yeah, yeah. which I've never actually watched. Fair enough. Um, I actually think you might like it. Be worth giving it a shot. No, don't tell me that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not for this. <laughs> it's only, what, like, seven seasons? <laughs> yeah, and a spin-off. <laughs> and another spin-off. Oh, Christ, you're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not go down that route. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, any other thoughts on what you think will happen next season? Mm, I'm hoping we get to see a bit more of Jordan, because that was sort of alluded to in those last moments. I don't know if you caught that, but when uh, just after Bellamy walks away from that conversation, how Jordan looks back over his shoulder and the guy who is um, trying to convert him like gives him a look. I think he's holding a drive as well. I don't think we've like gotten the OG Jordan back. I think he's definitely changed. I hope he hasn't been replaced by someone because I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I think the whole, uh, you, you know, when they walk in on him being like bled and yeah. all that, I think that's Defo had some sort of brainwashing effects on him. It'll be interesting to see how that plots out. And, and then Echo given more to do as well. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, they, they gave her that flashback and I was like, oh, this is promising. And then she kind of faded into the background again. I'm really hoping we see more of that as well. And of her relationship with Bellamy, because I feel like Bellamy is always given love interests and then, like, you don't see any of it. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's been five years and we're... Yeah. That's that's been it. Uh, You see them share scenes occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose maybe the writers just don't know how to write stable relationship. (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe they don't want to alienate the Belloc fan base. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, let's not get them too cosy. Yeah, I mean, they're married in real life. Just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> what more could you want? Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe. I wouldn't like to see that, to be honest. I don't think that I think if that they... Sense. Yeah, I think at this point, it'd be too sudden. It'd be too abrupt. No, yeah, I'd, I, yeah I, I, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, so we're definitely getting something with Jordan. Yep. Uh, Octavia will have something to do. 
whether that be the end of her or not, maybe it will be. I'm hoping we get to see a bit more of the effect on the on the remaining grounders learning that the flame and essentially their whole sort of like history and religion has has, you know, been destroyed. Yeah. I think that that could make for some really interesting dynamics and conversations. Yeah, and, um, uh, Russell experiencing loss for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, ever since they discovered how to do this thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots to play with. Yeah. It's, Apparently, I think... it's sixteen episodes next year instead of thirteen. Oh, episodes. nice. Okay. Um, I don't know how true that is, but I'm sure I saw. Uh, I think it was Jason Rothenberg tweeted, there's only 16 hours left after the finale or whatever. Giving them 16 hours would make sense if we want like a proper concluding season, I think. Yeah, yeah it's just a little bit extra to like tie off all the loose ends, you know, yeah. without it feeling too rushed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Oh, I'm very excited now. <laughs> only like 10 months to oh, wait. Well, <laughs> Don't worry, there's plenty more things True. between now and then. True that. Yeah, I mean, maybe there'll be a sequel to Christmas Inheritance that oh you can just use to tide yourself. I off. can't wait! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that. I don't think so. I don't think I'll watch that. It depends just how bad the withdrawal is. <laughs> I'll manage. I've actually got a big pile of stuff to watch. I'll end up finding Eliza Taylor in something that I didn't realise she was in. And I'll be like, oh, my mm. God, that's mental. Or we'll just start rewatching the hundred again. No, I'll just start watching Neighbours from. I... No, <laughs> that, that would be insane. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, do you have final thoughts on this season? What you want for next season? Just to kind of wrap up. Mm, final thoughts. I loved the character developments for the main um, for the main characters like I, th- I loved what they did with Clark I loved what they did with Abby and Octavia and Murphy to maybe a lesser extent I really enjoyed the world building and everything they did with the primes and the mythology of that I think they dropped the ball a little bit on the whole um, Maddie storyline but you know, that happens. Uh, no season's ever perfect. So overall, I'd say I was really happy with this. Is you know, they, they, they could have made it feel like it was dragging on and they were just doing it for the sake of it, but they actually made it feel like an installment that made sense to the overarching six-season run. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I like what they did with the majority of stuff. Mm-hmm. There, there's a few things that were a bit rushed, a few things that were a bit not as thought out as they could have been. A couple of things that were just confusing and felt a bit pointless. But as you say, nothing's perfect. I mean, the fact that we get this kind of quality, high-paced storytelling mm-hmm. is, is definitely a credit to the writers and, and the actors as well for keeping it going. Uh, I think I've said before, probably offline, but I would like a few more quiet moments. You know, the, the party episode was... I, I kind of want to see more of that. It was nice, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Just the moments where they're chilling out and just, you know, there, there's no immediate danger, no mm-hmm. threat. And the last time, I mean, I'm sure there's been other examples of it, but the last time I can remember that happening is it might have been season three where they're going out in their Jeep to find supplies or whatever it is and someone's playing a guitar while they're doing it. Oh, they, the musical number, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was such... They Do you know what? The 100, they don't often make use of uh, contemporary music, but... When they do, it's always very impactful and it's always very memorable. 
Yeah, or classical music. Yeah. Well, yeah, I. <laughs> Just whatever survived. What's the <laughs> apocalypse? Pretty sure I wouldn't like any of it. That'd be the worst part. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I would like a few more quiet moments. Maybe next season when it's a bit longer, we can have that. Yeah, maybe that's what the extra three episodes are. It's just that we get to see them being them without, you know, the constant drive. (laughs) Just them chilling. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, having a happy moment where they're not at threat of immediate death. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll just be feeling stressed out because we're like, happy moment, something bad's going to (laughs) happen. It's something really bad. Because it must get to a point where it's just like, oh, not again. Yeah. just kill me. Just kill me. I've had enough. <laughs> just give me five minutes. But yeah, strong season. Very few complaints. And it's been great. I'm going to miss it when it finishes, of course. But For sure. I think season seven is, is plenty as well. I yeah. I thought it would last this long anyway. You know. No. I'm so, I'm so happy. And the fact that, you know, we've been on this journey from the start and you think back and you're like, wow, that's like seven years. That's amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Big chunk. Yeah, it's like almost a decade. Great. <laughs> so that's it. Good season. And thanks very much for coming on the podcast. I'm, I'm glad you decided to come on and have a chat about this show because yes. I, I never get to talk about it. Well, you know, same. So I should <laughs> say thank you because it's good to finally get all these feelings out. Yes. Most of my conversation about this show are, do you watch The 100? No. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's, that's the end of it. Back to Twitter I go. Yeah. Should I watch it? Yes. No, I time. Oh, they never will. Yeah. I've lost track of how many people I've like emphatically told them to watch it. And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, have you? No. <laughs> yeah. What's it on? I don't know. It's on Netflix at one point. I think. Just stream yeah. it. You God yeah. damn it. Just, uh, just find it. It'll be somewhere on the internet. <laughs> you'll find it. It's, it's not hard. So we'll see. We'll see if more people watch it in the coming years and it becomes this cult classic. All thanks to this podcast. All thanks to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> flying the flag for the hundred. You're well, welcome, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Give us a retweet and uh, <laughs> solidarity and all that. Uh, we are all grounders or whatever the... Aye. Yeah, it's like nothing <laughs> anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't follow the Twitter feeds that much. So, it's mm. just, yeah, they could be going on about something else by now. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for coming on and thank you very much having your first ever podcast yes and hopefully not the last hopefully not the last yeah what i'm going to do is i'm going to see about downloading my brain into a computer it can't be that hard surely no i, I think they're really working on it at this stage yeah i'm, I'm going to just do it now i'll just plug in and see what happens okay well if i don't hear from you again i'll know what happened you know That's, i'll just show up in another body it'll be fine yeah Oh, this sounds right. So, that was our discussion of Season 6 of The 100. Thanks to YouTuber Nick Locks for allowing us to use their cover of The 100 theme. If you like what you heard, then please do hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, or any major podcasting app. iTunes users, please do take the time to leave us a star rating and comment. If you want to discuss The 100 or anything else, then hit us up on Facebook or Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. As always, you can catch us on the next Neil Before Pot.